0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for Family Business Radio. Showcasing outstanding family businesses and the advisors who assist them.
1: Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to Family Business Radio, where we highlight family business owners and their advisors every second Tuesday of the month. At every show, we look to bring two unique businesses or their advisors to share their stories, insights, and highlight the good work they do in their local community. Today, I have the privilege of welcoming our three guests of the show. So let's first start off with Trenton Carlson with TC Productions. TC, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks for having me, Anthony. Mm -hmm. Well, for starters, let's kind of dig into your origin stories of what made TC Productions and how you got into your company in videography. Well, I got into
2: videography um, pretty early on. I kind of knew early on around 15 that I wanted to do video production. I was watching the movie, the matrix, and that was a really cool movie. Uh, the graphics and everything was something that drew me into a video production. So, um, around that time I was in what, uh, about 15 years old, a sophomore in high school. And one of my teachers in uh, high school was telling me about doing this project. We had to pick colleges and whatnot. And I ended up choosing just to research Southern Illinois University and find out they had a cinema program and what's even better it was a top 10 cinema program in the country and so this is before everybody started doing video we was doing strictly film and so I actually applied for it and got into it so I got into a uh, film school and found out really fast that special effects is really hard <laughs> and um is very heavy on math. But I was very good at documentaries and narratives. So I stayed within a program that sell really, really fast. And right after college, after I wanna say two weeks after graduation, I was already working in Hollywood. Um working out doing movies out there, movies, commercials, uh music videos, uh infomercials and what have you. Um but out there during my time out there, what I found was is that one of our, our senior directors and producers they were still living with roommates and, you know, they're about 50, 55, 60 year olds. And I was asking, why are you still living with roommates? Well, it's very expensive out here. And this uh, industry takes up a lot of your time. You're doing a short day can consist of 14 hours. You know, some days you're doing 20 hours. And then, you know, working out there, I knew I loved, you know, the hustle and bustle of, of Hollywood. But for building a family, having, you know, Uh, work-life balance, that was not the route for me. And so uh, after my time in Hollywood, I ended up coming back to Illinois. I'm from the Chicago area out of Joliet. Uh, Southern Illinois is five hours in Carbondale. But when I came back, I uh, worked at a television station right outside of St. Louis. Mm. And so that's three hours from Chicago. So I was working there. And because I had uh, a film degree and a Hollywood experience, I excelled really, really fast there. But um, uh, something I ran into while I was working there is you hear this a lot with uh, that millennial and boomer generational gap. And so a lot of the boomers at that place looked at me as uh, uh least expensive, faster uh, person, uh, worker there. Mm-hmm. And they viewed me as a threat. And so um, I wasn't learning uh the television system as fast as I should have been and I, I saw that. I saw the disconnect. So I took it upon myself and sat down with a lot of the uh, some of the some of the boomers more the like uh, my producers and whatnot and I said, Hey, um, the way this life works, I need experience to move on. You guys have experience. Um, even though you guys are salaried, I do not want to stay here forever. So I said, Hey, the best way to make both people happy is you teach me what I need to learn so I can get up out of here. And you continue keeping your salary positions that I did not want. Um, from that day forward, you know, they respected the fact that, you know, I sat them down and talked about that. And they taught me a lot of stuff really, really fast then. You know, so the first year I went from camera operator to chief uh, camera operator. Within my three years there, I was uh, building the sets, lighting the sets. I uh, got off, got into the camera. I was shooting the sets and then I started editing the sets. So I was doing full television uh, programs. Uh, really uh, really early on. And so, but while I was still in uh, Southern Illinois, you know, outside of St. Louis working at the television station, I still have a lot of my friends still in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And they were telling me, hey, they're building something out in Atlanta. You might want to take a look. You're a lot closer than, than we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of uh, producers and location scouters going out to Atlanta and some of them are staying, So you wanna check it out. So this is around um, 09, 2010. Um, when I started hearing this, um, 2011 on my 26th birthday, I went to my producer and said, hey, I'm putting in my two weeks and I'm getting up out of here. And he was like, oh, okay. Um, so what do you have in mind? You got another job lined up? No. Um, do you know where you're going? I said, to Atlanta. They said, have you ever been before? No. <laughs> do you have any family down there? No. He said, why are you going? I said, why not? This is the perfect time to do it. And so, um, see, after my two weeks, packed up, uh, had a Mercury Sable, packed up everything I owned that fits into a Mercury Sable. So they tell you I didn't have much and drove down to Atlanta. And so when I got down here, uh, early on, you know, um, I checked in with our alumni base and they put me on this project called Neighborhood Watch. I was really close to being a second editor on that uh, film project. But the director ended up pulling his people from, you know, Hollywood. But that's how crews work. They pick their own people they want to work with. Mm-hmm. And um. so I didn't get to work on that. But I knew from then on, I said, hey, I cannot rely on others to feed me. You know, I can't rely on others to supply my income. I have to do it myself. So around 20, 2012, that's when I started my uh, video production
1: company. Well, that's quite a journey going from uh... – place to base but figuring out very early on from the movie yes, <laughs> of, yes of the matrix now going into now working in your own productions company, what, what is it kind of production are you focusing on is it specifically for business and business owners
2: um well we when we first started off we started working in the entertainment industry we did music videos we did other venues and whatnot and the thing we learned about them is that indie artists are very very creative they're very talented they just don't have any money Mm-hmm. business owners well they have some type of capital they lack creativity all their videos were the same they all they were very uh commercialized very preachy it, it felt like they got on their soapbox and just you know started talking at people and, and then instead of talking to people mm-hmm. and so that's uh we started to decide to make the crossover to working with business owners just to get their story across because that's when early on that you hear a lot about uh, content, you know, content, content, you know, storytelling Well, they were unfamiliar about that. And we knew about that. So we want to take our talents over to the business side and say, hey, stop hiding behind your logo and start getting out in front of it. People want to see your face. They want to know who is accountable. You know, who am I talking to? And especially it's very effective with small business owners because your logo lacks that. Uh, branding power that big brands have So you have to rely on your face You have to rely on your personality Your story to get out there To connect to your local you know, audience And that's what we focus on And that's been working really well
1: mm-hmm. So let's say for example a business owner Is kind of intimidated with video Or especially if they're camera shy mm-hmm. But they know with what, everything you're saying Everyone's going into the video marketing Or the YouTubes and the like What, How is your process in helping Walking them through that?
2: Well, we, we look at it as, as a, a cold swimming pool. You just don't jump into it. You know, you, you tiptoe into it, you know, put a toe in, put your leg in, just get it, see what it feels like. Um, and the, those that are intimidated by getting in front of the camera, I tell them, look at it this way. You know, um, if you're shy about, you know, what do you look like? How do people going to react? Say so you still got to go network. They're seeing the same face that they're going to see on camera. So just put it out there and just be comfortable with who you are. And, but, Since we know that process, we take it a step further. Uh, We're very hands on with our clients. We we keep a, a small project load. We only work on five to eight projects at a time because a lot of our clients, they're new into video. So they ask a lot of questions and we have to be accessible for them because they're in uncharted waters and they need a lot of help. So our process is usually getting into it and saying, hey, you know. What we're doing is a lot different from you doing your own selfie. You're having a, pro- a professional crew behind you. We're going to make sure the lighting's good. You know, if you needed makeup, your makeup's good. You're, you have uh, a fantastic posture. We're going to make sure everything is correct. And a lot of times that business owners don't understand that we take multiple takes. It's not a one take thing. And so when you're doing your own selfie or you're doing a live video on like Facebook live, you think you have one shot, have to get it right, have to get it perfect. And it's like, no, it's never the case. We might take 15 takes and take number three, five and 14, probably be the best takes. And we put it together. And once you get the finished product, it seems like you've done it in one take. Just that's how we are behind the scenes. So we take that to account saying, Hey, you know, you're working with a professional crew that we're going to take over everything from you. You know, if I see you're on set, you feel like you're nervous. I say, stop, get up, walk around a little bit, you know, take your mind off of you. You have to be comfortable enough with our production staff that you saying, Hey, I trust whatever they're doing behind the camera. I know it's going to look fine. All I have to do is be me. And once they get that concept in their head,
1: the video process is great.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, what would be, I guess, the biggest concern or question that a nervous business owner who's doing this for the first time coming to you with? They're always concerned with what I look like and what <laughs> do I sound like, you know, <laughs> and then putting
2: out uh, material like that, especially telling their story is the audience going to accept my story. Or is this going to be believable? You know, are they used to focus on other people comments that what if somebody says something bad about me or what? Is, we'll put that out their mind. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody says something bad about you, they, was the, they wasn't going to buy from you in the beginning. So let's not worry about them. These are for your audience that you're going to be attracted to, that you want to attract, engage and delight. That's who we're focused on. And a lot of times once they get their uh, video out there, their comments come in. It was like, wow, I didn't know you did this or this is amazing. Or now they are seeing a different light. Now, now they're superstars. And they say, I should have done video years ago. And I said, you should have done video years ago. But, A lot of the comments are usually very encouraging. You know, people want to, like I said, they want to see somebody they can connect to. And if your local audience starts seeing videos out there about you sharing your story, you're sharing your expertise, you're raised that much higher in their eyes and they want to work with you in that light. Mm
1: -hmm. Now you mentioned a little bit of people who potentially might be trying to do it themselves and doing like a Facebook live. Um at what point in time should they really consider all right, you know, maybe doing it myself isn't the right way to go about it. When should I come to someone like yourself to make it a, a professional production?
2: All uh, right. Well the best time uh, when you want to uh, start stop doing it yourself is when your um when your goals, you know, uh outgrow your expertise. And I'm not saying that if you've never done video before, that everything is out you know outgrow your expertise. I'm saying you've done a couple, you know a uh, DIY video. She comes to Facebook live and he's like, okay, what I want to do is take it a step further. I'm taking a notch up. And I always refer back to this example. Uh, when we all started business, we probably done our own taxes. We done our own books, you know, mm-hmm. until our, 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 our goal, i exceeded our expertise. And you know, I can no longer do my own books because what I'm doing in business is way greater than my knowledge for this platform. So it was time for me to step out for it. You know, mm-hmm. when we um, start our own business. We would probably did our own contracts. We was our own lawyers until our, our business exceeded, you know, our knowledge yeah. for that. And so we have to go out and get a contract lawyer. So once you're, once you're, like I say, your, your video goals, exceeds your expertise, then it's time to work with a, a professional video production company.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Then it, and once someone kind of gets that reaction in their head, like, you know what, maybe I am, Operating outside of my expertise and just want to dip my toe in, as you talked about having a cold pool. Um, what kind of video would you suggest for them to kind of start out with?
2: Oh, if you want to start off with any type of video, uh, start off with a testimonial video. Those are really uh, better for a small business owner that's really worried about um, getting in front of the camera because a testimonial video, you're not in front of the camera and you're <laughs> mainly focus on. Your uh, your clientele, you know, making sure they're comfortable, making sure they're saying uh, positive things about you. and once you get behind the scenes and start doing stuff like that to see how the process is going, uh, it goes out a lot better. And plus, as business, small business owners, we like you know to understand that when we creating a video testimonial and we hearing all the good things that they're saying about us. It feeds into our ego. We want to make sure that the stuff that we're putting out into the world is actually helping somebody. And once we hear that testimonial, they recant that story of how you solve their particular problem and, and the result, their business is better. They're more, they have more income that feeds into your soul. And now you are saying, okay, what I'm doing is right. I have more confidence. Then next thing you want, you want to probably put your branding video. But if you want to start off, you start with a testimonial video.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, for these testimonial videos, uh, would be an interview, or is just themselves talking about their experience with the business, or to be either yourself or the business interviewing them. In that possible, just it it would be either or. Um, if you're using
2: us mm-hmm. as a video production company, we take over a, a lot of that um, for them. Um, a, a lot of things that we see wrong with testimonial videos, especially starting out, is the client wants to go uh, to their client and say, "Hey, I'm going to point a camera in front of your face." Give me a testimonial right off the back, and now you see the uh, their client is frozen. It's like, what am I supposed to say? I don't know what to do. We take a different approach. We say, hey, we'll talk to uh, to the client to their client first, and say, give me one instance, one project, one case, and where their um, the company completely changed your business. Okay, they can focus on one thing, you know. All right. And then when we put it together, it's pretty much four major topics that we uh, consider when we go into testimonial videos. It's one you actually build around the client, introduce the client, introduce their business, let them know, let the people know who they are. First, second, introduce the problem. You know, what problem did they have? And then your third thing is you want to introduce you as a solution. People want to gloss over that and say, oh, I'm just boosting to my own ego. Yes, you should be. This is your video client, you know, client testimonial video. You should be. And the fourth part is that what people usually forget is highlight the results of what happened when working with you. I need to know what's the business outcome. How did your solution change their lives? And once you uh, create that you have a remarkable video testimonial. And when you're creating something like that, we always say one one video testimonial speaks to
1: 10,000 people.
2: That could be your potential audience. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Okay. Coming from Chicago and going through <laughs> learning out, this is what I want to do since the matrix and then yes. making that big leap of faith and now really hand-holding business owners' hands and mm-hmm. alleviating their, their fears and, and everything else. It's It's incredible. Now, how does someone... Get in contact with you. Oh man, the great thing about video
2: is that it helps you rank in your SEO factor. So if you need to get a hold of us, uh, just type in TC Productions Video Production Company, and everything we ever done usually just pops up. Our website is www.tcpvid.com, and like I said, just type in TC Productions. Our LinkedIn, our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, everything will pop up right up under there. And that's the, one of the great things about video. It helps you SEO rank really, really fast. All right.
1: So not only do you help others, you practice what you preach. Yes, thank you. Yes. All right. Now, moving to our next honored guest, we have Brady Barron and Jason Perry with SMG Insurance. Welcome, guys. Hey. hey how, you, yeah. you. how you doing? Mm, doing good. Good, good. Now, give us a brief uh, rundown as to what is SMG and what is it that you guys bring for business owners? Yeah, to... Basically, what we are, we're
0: a broker firm it has been around since, uh, 1953. So we just celebrated our 25th anniversary, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Uh, in the land area, um, anything from property casualty insurance, auto homers insurance, benefits insurance, employee benefits, we specialize in that. Uh, we specialize in setting that up, looking at risk management. Um, and biggest thing from a service standpoint is just servicing our clients to the best that we can. Um, having a first name basis, uh, just a professional approach to what what they're looking for. Um, and like I said, mainly service. Know, know them on a first-name basis. Know their companies. Know the ins and outs of what's going on within their companies so that we can best service them.
3: Benefits many times can be very complicated to people, not just plan administrators, but each employee. So it's almost like having to navigate through a room where the lights are completely out and there's clutter everywhere. So, Anthony, what we do is we not only help them turn the lights on, but help them put all the clutter into neat little piles so they can
1: better navigate the room. I know experiencing from my wife going through her enrollment period, it's like so many options. Like, Why why, yes. it, why does it feel like I'm giving the keys to a 747 and here you go? Yeah, so <sighs> we,
3: we take a much more specialized approach. We call it quality care. We started a program called quality care and it's just a better benefits communication process, Jason. You want to... Talk a little bit about the group meetings, the one-on-ones?
0: Yeah, basically what we do is when open enrollment time comes around, we furnish our groups with a benefits guide. Um, We have an online enrollment tool called Employee Navigator that we use. They're able to get it automated to them, but then we actually go through and do a uh, face-to-face enrollment. Um, the account manager, one of our benefits specialists will go out, you know, them, you've been developed, it's not some random person that's showing up on site. Um, you will actually show up on site. We'll do a face to face enrollment, walk them through, ask them questions, you know, Hey, how are you going to go to the doctor? How are you using your benefits this year to give the employees a personal approach, um, to that. The, the employers really like it because it's, they're not having to explain it. Um, That's an open enrollment throughout the year. If they have any new hires that are coming on, we will uh, take a personal approach either the phone or if they have a good bulk of new hires that come in, we'll come on site again and do a face-to-face enrollment with them, just making sure that they understand their benefits, making sure they understand what they're getting, uh, making sure they're not getting something that's going to be effective for them as they go throughout the year. And here's part
3: of the reason for that, part of the reason
0: why the personal
3: care I I sat down to enroll a lady in her benefits back in 2004. This was the the Friday after Thanksgiving. Her husband, age 51, had just had a massive heart attack and died the Friday after Thanksgiving. They buried him on Sunday, and this was now Wednesday. All this had happened in the past five days. She began to sob, just sobbing. Uh, On Monday morning, she tried to make the life insurance claim on his life insurance policy. They denied the claim. A guy had come around to her work, and this was the first year that we had come in and done the personal one-on-one benefits communication program with, with each of the employees. But mm. before a guy had come around to her work and pass out a flyer, it said $100,000 of life insurance, no medical questions, doesn't matter what age, $8 a month. She thought it was a fantastic deal for a 51-year-old. Mm. In the fine print, it read, we will only pay this in the event of an accident. It was accident-only life insurance. He had a massive heart attack and died. She said, I had to borrow the money to bury him. I don't want this to happen to my kids. So I explained to her the difference between term life insurance, permanent life insurance, accident-only life insurance, and why in the world you would need any of those things. But I realized two things very, very quickly. One, there's a lot of people out there that need help, and there are a lot of people out there that think that they have coverage that they don't actually have.
1: Mm. Well, it sounds very... I mean... just not for myself and for my wife, but just going navigating the whole benefits portal uh, and really trying to figure things out themselves. It sounds like you guys really come in and give each individual employee the time and attention as to what their specific needs are. Yeah, the time and attention,
0: we do that from the the employee aspect. On the employer side, um, we try to make sure that the employer has a benefits package that is right for their employees. Mm -hmm. Um, If you... You know, designing a benefits package around what meets their needs, whether it's from a two-life group upwards to, you know, 400-life group that we've got. You know, it, it doesn't matter what size. We need to, we need to tailor the, the program that fits the needs of those employees and of that employer. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming in, designing that from the employer standpoint, making sure the employer understands it, making sure we keep them compliant, You know, with things like Cobra, with things like payroll services, helping them out with those things and navigating that. Kind of like Brady was saying before, just helping them navigate through that dark room that's there.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, kind of uh, on top of what kind of a a trend now is these wellness programs. Can you give us a little bit more insight as to what they are and what they can do for both employees and employers?
0: Yeah, the wellness programs... uh, are designed around trying to get the overall wellness of your, your group, um, and, and defining a, a program or- around things like fitness um, things like if there's a chronic illness that's there uh, diabetes one uh, if there's somebody who, you know, if you have a group of folks that are unhealthy, we need weight loss programs. Mm-hmm. We can look at uh, designing some weight loss uh, features around that. Um, most of the providers uh, have some sort of wellness built in. Uh, some of them can go so, as far as to give discounts off of the, uh, the medical premiums for the employer. Um, so Letting them know, educating the employer and the employee on both ends of it, on what's out there, what's available, what's attached to the program. And then we actually have a person in our office that will actually go in on-site. Again, the personal approach is there. They'll go on-site. They'll set up devices. They'll help to sync. They'll do more education, um, whether it's on-site biometric screening, setting those things up, but doing the whole whole approach around trying to make sure they understand what's there um, we've seen a huge cost reduction with some of those um, some of the some of the carriers that will give the discounts they give a seven percent discount if they get to a certain service level uh, to the employer on the employee side there's a uh, most of the, some of the sites have a, a mall that's on there where they can go shopping for gift cards if they get a certain amount of points that they can get um, so anywhere from I think I think on mine. We got about six hundred dollars about two years ago on Amazon gift cards, and we just stuck them in a the drawer, uh-huh. use it for Christmas. So <laughs> it's very nice. It's very nice to have that that in your pocket. But just making sure that they're educated, making sure they know what their benefits are there, and, and, and giving that full full round spectrum of what's what's going on with the benefits.
3: And Anthony, a lot of companies that come to us for the first time for help let us know that their wellness program has really fallen flat. So. We saw that that was a very important part of the whole benefits package. It keeps the employees healthier. There's more time at work for them. So there are so many other elements to cost savings in the wellness campaign. So we felt that that was really important part of the program for the business. So we just got to work, and we tried to figure out some ways, some strategies to engage each of the employees, and that's part of the, the group meeting, as part of the one-on-one. But we've developed ways to engage the employees in a better wellness program. mm mm-hmm.
1: Well, it sounds like you guys are not just an insurance company now. You're, you're all, all around not just providing insurance and making sure they have the right coverages and they should have what they should have. But also it sounds like you're proactive and getting in front of the problem.
0: And that, that's that been a shift from brokers. The brokers are now having to not just set up the benefits package or not just, hey, here's your benefits. Here you go. Mm. And I'll see you at next time renewal is having to make a proactive approach is being engaged with the client as many times as you can. Um, and if those are touch points that we can have with our clients, that helps with us again, us with the retention, but it, um, it, it, just gives that personability. I know my clients by name. I know they know me by name. Um, they, they call me, they, Hey, I've got this going on. Um, you know, even, even if it's into an HR, uh, type of realm, um, we provide support with that, but, um, we, we help out in those those realms, but just just giving them the tools so that they can run their business day to day. And we don't and we can t- if we can take that off their plate, then they can run their business day to day and
1: not have to worry about the benefits of administration piece. Mm. Yeah, you touched a little bit on, on the HR support. Give me kind of an example of other behind the scenes of what you guys do. Yeah. A couple, couple things. We we have a
0: l- whole library of lists of uh, documents um, from employee handbooks to uh, give the one example. I had a, a, a group call me probably about a year ago. Uh, they said, we have never had to fire an employee and we have somebody that we have to let go and it's gross misconduct. Uh, how do we do it legally? <laughs> so ma- making sure they just don't let them out the door and it's done. Um, and we sent them over a document that we had in our library that took them it was a three step process, took them here, make sure you have this document, make sure you have this, make sure you have this in writing. So little things like that um have helped out. Employee handbooks, uh we have an employee handbook with um with every policy that you would think of known to man. Um one of the biggest things is uh safe drivers. Um, you know, especially in Georgia when you've got cell phones, uh, making sure that those are um you know hands-free driving laws or hands-free driving policies. Um the other thing we can do is load that into our software and have each of the employees sign off on it electronically so that they have a record of it, that they've signed off on it, and kind of keeps them compliant in that direction.
3: And we uh, th- we do that each year. And the important thing about that, Anthony, is the the laws change frequently. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't updated your handbook, your handbook is now out of compliance. Now the company's at risk. Mm-hmm. So we take care of those things for you. Wow. Okay.
1: So for a business owner, that's kind of new and just start up, and now they've got X amount of employees under them, and they're like, I want to be able to not just attract, but attain these current employees, how do I get started? Are, are, will I just come to some of you guys with this, let's say, a budget in mind, or will you kind of figure out uh, what is the appropriate plan for them? Yeah, t- typically,
0: you know, anywhere from a two-life group to, you know, hundred-life group, hundreds of lives groups, and you know, we can... We can have a, a quote turned around pretty quickly. Basically the only thing we really need is a census. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have a current plan, sometimes a current plan for that, but if they're brand new looking at it, um, we can have it turned around pretty quickly. Uh, we can be out to present to them. Um, just knowing the nuances that are out there, whether it's, you know, hey, if you're if you're in the space of two to five lives, you can look at this. If you're in the space of five to 50 lives, you look at this. Um, when you get to above 50 there's other rules that change, other compliance things where, um, even above 20, where you've got to look at COBRA. You've got to look at, um, you know, you've got to look at your RISA documents. you got to look at your, if you're offering the plans pre-tax, you're going to have to offer a, a premium-only plan or, or some sort of Section 125 document to make sure that they've got that. We help with those things and keep those compliant. Most of the services that we offer, we offer as if you contract with us, then these come along with our services and what we do for you just to keep you compliant because we want we want the business to focus on what they're good at doing. You know, If it's a roofer, I want you to focus on doing roofing. I don't want you to focus on doing benefits. That's our job. Yeah. So.
3: so the insurance company pays us, and what that means to each employer is it doesn't cost them any more for our services than they're paying right now. So if they want enrollment technology, if they want that piece of it, it comes at no additional cost just what they're paying right now for their for their current plan. Mm-hmm. Jason was talking about new coverage if they, you know, want to start new medical insurance to better retain employees then it're paid by the insurance company either way. So whether they went out and got it on their own or they hire us, they get our services at whatever they're just paying for their medical insurance plan. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, since we're kind of in the enrollment season part of the year, uh, let's say a business owner who already has a current plan, what should be something that they should be looking out for, or consider, or kind of a big red flag, and in the back of their head, like maybe I should review my current plan and kind of reach out to someone or groups like you guys. Yeah, I think I think sometimes business owners will, will
0: think, well, I need to have a one, I need to have one plan, mm-hmm. and. Um, With medical plans, one size does not always fit all. So looking at offering, say, like a base and a buy-up plan or, you know, even sometimes, you know, offering three plans, you know, if it's a large enough group is saying, hey, we can slide this low-deductible plan in here to help you cover some of your costs. But if somebody needs some extra coverage or needs a little bit extra, you can offer this plan as well Um, and letting them know, hey, you can – you can pass some of the costs along. You don't have to fit the full bill, but letting them know the percentages, um, even when it comes to ACA compliance, making sure that they're staying uh, staying there, making sure they're staying compliant with that, um, making sure that we're doing, um, you know, uh, cases where we're looking at uh, – making sure that the contributions are, are in line with what they need to their contributions need to be so there's no additional surprises and taxes that, that come up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that as open enrollment comes up, just making sure that they're they're given a look at everything that's going on Plan design is a big thing. Um, also looking at their offerings you know you can offer additional benefits at no cost to the employer so like the voluntary benefits dental vision, life. Um, some of those can can be payroll deducted where they're not passed, not the employer doesn't have to cover those. Um, even look at some of the work side benefits where it's accident, critical illness, um, some of those benefits to enhance the medical plans if there's some gaps that are in there as well. So just giving it a good round look at what the benefits package looks like and that can help to kind of cut some of the costs. That's the biggest thing. I mean, We've seen a rise in insurance costs like crazy. I,
3: I feel like an important factor at open enrollment is motivation what is the motivation of the person that is helping you i sat down to to help a lady get set up in her benefits early on in my career we went through her medical dental vision her life disability programs and her company was offering her a cancer policy that would pay her money if she or someone in her family were diagnosed with cancer Now, the the cancer policy is not designed to pay for the medical bills. That's why you have a medical insurance plan. The cancer policy, if someone is diagnosed with cancer, designed to cover things like the light bill, the phone bill, the car payment, the house payment, everything that your income was paying for prior to the diagnosis, or taking care of a sick spouse. Some people have to quit working and take care of a sick spouse. She started to tell me that her daughter, age nine, had been fighting cancer for the past two years. She said that she they had five kids. Uh, she said that she and her husband were working. Previously, she had to quit her job to take care of the sick child, and they had five kids at home. And modest salaries they weren't they weren't very big salaries. She said they had just filed for bankruptcy, and then she said something to me that I'll I'll never forget. She said, "Where were you two years ago?" So every day when we get up and go to work. We're just trying to help one more family, one more person that doesn't have to worry about where money's coming from while her daughter is fighting for her life. Mm-hmm. And that's our motivation.
1: Well, you guys are not just insurance companies or insurance agents. You guys are really out there for the one on one, for the employees, and making sure they get the coverage they need and also getting in front of the problem and providing wellness programs and helping the families from going into a financial turmoil when it very much could be avoided if you guys were in the picture much sooner. Now, that being said, how does someone reach out to you? What's the best contact information?
0: Yeah, best contact information, um, our website is smginsurance.com. Uh, that stands for Sutter, McClellan, and Gilbert. It's a mouthful, but uh, <laughs> SMG Insurance is the uh, is the website. Um, you can contact our office. Our contact number is going to be uh, 770-246-8300. Um, You can ask for either Brady uh, Barron or Jason Perry um, or the benefits department, and they can get you in touch with one of us.
3: And the, the best way to get in contact with me is through LinkedIn. So I'm on LinkedIn every day, all the time. If somebody wants to contact me, they can just send me a connection request or message, and that, that's as simple as that.
1: Great. Thank you. That is Jason Perry and Brady Barron with SMG Insurance. And this show is sponsored and brought to you by yours truly, Anthony Chen with the Lighthouse Financial Network. Securities and advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., RAA, member FINRA, SIPC. RAA is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of RAA. Our main office address is at 575 Broadhollow Road, Melville, New York, 11747. You can best reach me at 631-465-9090, extension 5075, or just email me at Anthony Chen, spelled C-H-E-N, at lfnllc.com. Thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to your set of ears again next month at Family Business Radio.